Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I've always been curious about the secret sauce to an extraordinary life. First thought it was just financial freedom, but I, a lot of my friends and colleagues who made it early on were extremely miserable. So uh, then it boiled down to time, location, health, mental freedom, energy, and the ability to choose. So once I figured out that secret sauce, I was on a journey to find people that were embodying those traits get those conversations in a centralized place and share with the world. So today I'm happy to introduce Frank Mendoza of Catalytics. And he, we're gonna, it's gonna be a fascinating discussion about artificial intelligence, a really hot topic today with the ChatGPT release last November. And uh, it's really, this new technology is gonna be an infrastructure layer. So uh, we'll bring Frank and talk all about it. So Frank, welcome. Thank you so much, Chris. I really do appreciate you having me. Uh, it's a it's a pleasure to be here and uh, talk about one of my favorite topics, of course, uh, AI. So um, hopefully, uh, I'm able to convey some value to your audience and uh, get them a little bit up to speed in some of this high end emerging technology. Yeah, yeah. I'm always on the outlook for trends. What's new? You know, what can be game changing? What's going to take out the next um, you know big industry? Tell us more about your story, your journey, and how you got started. Yeah, so uh, my background is in mechanical engineering. That's where I got my undergrad. And I always, uh, I always say engineering taught me um, how to solve problems around problem solving, right? And uh, one of the jobs that I, I had early in my career taught me about statistics and taught me about using data to solve problems. And that was... Uh, a manufacturing organization that taught uh, what at the time was uh, considered Six Sigma, and I became a black belt in Six Sigma. Um, again, the concept of leveraging data to make decisions, leveraging data to get you to the root cause of what's actually trying to drive the, the challenge aligned with kind of my frame of thinking and uh, aligned to kind of my engineering background. Uh, you forward about 15 years, and now the technology, the compute power, the cloud uh, infrastructure, the algorithms all kind of have come together now and have created this new discipline called data science. And data science is uh, leveraging that data to solve, again, those problems that tend to be a little bit bigger uh, than the human mind can wrap its he head around, right? So 
big data is what it used to be called and, and data science and now AI, right? So whether the terminology changes, it's still the same concept, which is uh, leveraging that information, uh, whether that be uh, in the form of structured data, like what you would find in Excel, uh, or that be information that you find in images and music and sound uh, or in text uh, for that matter. And so leveraging that type of data to kind of solve those problems. And that really is where uh, I really enamored myself towards. And in 2015, I started Catalytics and Catalytics was uh, my attempt to hang a shingle and help organizations introduce some of these emerging technologies, some of these advanced analytics concepts and, and tools into their organization. And I've had the great pleasure of working with some Fortune 500 companies uh, to really uh, start to move the needle in terms of growing their revenue and uh, impacting their cost initiatives as well. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, when I was uh, undergrad uh, way back then, uh, this idea of data science didn't exist. And then, you know, computer science was kind of this fringe, younger audience out there listening. Uh, what's the difference between computer science and data science and how do they interrelate? Yeah, there's there's a lot of overlap. Uh, computer science tends to be this overarching, um, if you will. It all has to do with, um, you know, the ways a computer works, right? It, it, you know, how do you make a computer do what you want it to do? Uh, data science is a subset of that to some extent because you do need programming to get some of these things off the ground, right? So you want to um, leverage computer science, if you will, to build applications, whether those be web or mobile, to capture some of this data. But then once you have that data, what do you do with it? How do you make decisions based on it? How do you uh, take that information and now translate that into maybe increased revenue or increased um, benefit and value to the end user. So it's it's taking that data that was collected often through computer science, right, in the applications, but then actually taking it and translating it into actual actionable type initiatives, if you will. Interesting. Um, which brings us to the next question, because um, there's this great book um, by uh, Peter Diamandis, and he's talking about how data is the new oil, because everything is running on information and these you know, these search engines, the algorithm. and uh... Yeah, so, so um, I actually don't like to use that analogy, right? So from my perspective, uh, a lot of people use that data is the new oil. Um, the challenge I have is not that, that it's not valuable, right? I actually uh, look at it like this, right? It's not the new oil because oil is a, a resource that once it's used, it can no longer be used again. Once it's refined and burned, it's, it can't be used again. Data is actually the opposite. It, you know, once you refine that data, get it in, a, in a, 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 a position where you can actually take advantage, you can continue to take advantage of it. You can add it to other data and actually build on it. And so I actually think of it more like electricity, right? Is AI is the new electricity because mm. it's gonna empower all these different industries. It's gonna build upon itself. It's gonna give the ability for organizations, industry, uh, grow their potential, uh, unlike anything else that we've seen in our lifetimes. Even above the internet, even I would think yeah. I, would, I would argue. I haven't even I, I've never heard of that um, analogy, so it's that's really interesting. Uh, the new electricity, I like that it kind of moves everywhere and it's abundant rather than scarce. So it, it is, and 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 uh, it builds upon itself, right? Uh, you know, um, I'm lighting I'm lighting my room, I'm lighting my, uh, but together, right? The, the 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 technologies and the lighting allow me to do something I wouldn't otherwise be able to do, right? And it's more than just oil if you will yeah 
what would you say to businesses these days um that uh when they when they talk about ai because um i talked to a couple people and they say you know businesses that um either going to use ai in your business or you're going to be out of business so what do you say to that i i uh, think that's a true statement <laughs> I, I think the reality is um the future is coming the wave is coming right and you can be um, you know, I'm not a surfer, but uh, I, I know the analogy, right? You're going to be crushed by the wave or you're going to ride the wave, right? And so it's really upon you uh, as leaders within your organization, as uh, individuals that want to become more productive and more efficient and more effective in, in their roles um, to figure out how best to use AI. Now, the challenge is going to exist is make sure that it's not a FOMO, right? Just a fear of missing out or it's a me too initiative that it's really targeted towards what is the objective that I'm trying to get? And then how does AI augment that and, and allow me to um, really grow into, into my core competency or my competitive advantage, right? And so uh, it's more than just a shiny object, right? I think a lot of organizations right now, a lot of people are taking a me too initiative, like, oh, well, someone else is using it, so we're going to use it. And I think that's going to be a challenge, honestly, Chris, because um, you really are going to, it takes a lot of investment, a lot of resources, a lot of energy to introduce some of this stuff into your organization, to your existing processes and procedures. And the result is, if it's not the right use case, you're going to be challenged and it's not going to show uh, a value that, that it would have otherwise if you had chosen the right prioritized use case. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. And I love these uh, analogies that you're giving. Um, what are some mis common misconceptions that business owners have about AI analytics? How do you address them? Yeah, uh, great question. Great question, because there are a lot of misconceptions, right? One in particular is only or large organizations can take advantage of this technology, right? And that's not necessarily the truth. Like I mentioned, it's about prioritizing and identifying the right use cases, and then figuring out how do we gather the right data in order to give us a prediction. Now that prediction might be something like ChatGPT where you're predicting uh, the next word in a sentence, for example, or it could be um, more uh, of a structured prediction where you're trying to, for example, upsell a, a client or a customer, or maybe reduce a cancellation, for example, um, within an organization. So it's really identifying what is the problem that you're going after and then how do you actually make sure that you're identifying the right use case to go after? I, I love that. And um, the other thing is, uh, can so you talked about ChatGPT and there's this big uh, hype, especially hype, yeah. especially with um, generative AI. Speak to that, um, like, you know, the different soft capabilities, platforms, what you're able to do. Yeah, yeah. Right now, um, we are really on the precipice of what a very exciting time, as you can imagine, for someone like me. But I think a lot of people are starting to see the value in in this what what's considered generative AI, right? So there's more traditional AI. I hate, I hate to even use the word because six months ago it wasn't traditional; it was still AI. Um, but I consider it traditional MI, AI with or ML machine learning. Or you're using kind of more structured data, more um, tabular data and trying to make a prediction. Whereas the new introduction of this generative AI, which is for lack of a better word, it's generating something, whether that be sound or uh, music or text, 
or images even, um, that has really gotten people's uh, going in terms of what is possible. And there are a number of tools, right? So ChatGPT is not the only um, uh, text generation that's out there that's considered a large language model, um, but there's others as well. I, 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 you know, Bard just came out, Google just came out with Bard um, as their own large language model that you could be leveraging. There's other um, players as well. And then there's image generator, right? Um, that if you want to generate an image, there's tools like Midjourney or Dolly uh, or Stable Diffusion that you can, you know, enter a prompt of some kind and it spits out an image. And then there's, you know, even voice mimickers, right? So you could put two or three minutes of your voice, Chris, into a, a tool called Eleven Labs, and you'll be astounded by how accurate it, it mimics your voice. Um, the challenge, though, and some risk associated with leveraging these is um, bias. And for lack of a better word, um, the tool is just a tool. AI is just a tool. It could be used for good and for the benefit of humanity, and it could be used for bad and uh, the not so good benefit of society, right? And I think that's where um, we are as a society going to be learning very quickly the areas where we need to be cognizant of beyond just uh, privacy, right? It, it, you know, giving information over to these to these technologies. You know, how, how do we ensure that um, things are not used maliciously uh, or in a fraud-like uh, state? Um, those are going to be some of the challenges, I think, um, this this next few years is going to try and teach us. And unfortunately, I think there are bad people with bad intentions out there. And yeah. uh, just like any other tool, it, it could uh, cause some harm. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, there's like deep fakes and um been reading like uh, some of these AI bots can interface with these API programs and who knows what they can do and um, which is going to be really interesting. Uh, it's going to be like kind of how social media evolved, you know, then you had like all these um, issues with social media. So uh, yeah, or the internet before that, right? I think whenever any new technology comes in, people are going to, again, attempt to stretch and pull, you know, push the envelope, push the boundaries of what's possible. Um, I think it's going to be incumbent upon all of us uh, to recognize when that is occurring and figure out what safeguards need to be put in place. Now, um, are there things that other you know organizations can take can do proactively? Absolutely, and you know I always encourage as I work with clients to think about some of the things um, you know do a post mortem before you introduce some of these technologies. What could go wrong? And how do we make sure we're putting uh, and mitigating that risk as much as possible? It's imperative that, that we do that as we start to introduce these technologies. Yeah. Uh, well, coming close to the end of the conversation, but um, can you share if the founder of Catalytics and can you share any examples of how AI data, data analytics have been used to enhance customer experience, improve customer engagement, making clients happy and so on? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple examples. I'll give you one from a, a more traditional, what I consider traditional AI or ML, and then there's one from a generative AI. So we'll start with the generative because that's the probably the higher uh, value. I think the ability, it, it's leveraging that smooth the burden, if you will, of some things, right? So generative AI, I really talk about pe with people is you have to have a mind shift from being a creator to an editor, right? And what I mean by that is, you used to have a sheet, a blank sheet of paper that you'd have to start from scratch. What generative AI does now is it gives you an image or it gives you a text or something to work off of. 
And so you have to shift your mind from, I have to create something from scratch to, I have to edit something that's in front of me. I never tell anyone to take this information and just post it or publish it without first reviewing it. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm working with clients uh, to start talking about how do we use this generative AI to start um, doing personalization. You can imagine how personalized you can actually get as you start to look at, you know, your clients, your consumers uh, of your products and services to say, how do I create text that is personalized to that individual, given what I know about them? And so that's one way that, you know, by giving more personalized, by better segmentation, you can offer better targeting and the result being, you know, better loyalty, better uh, customer you know, brand recognition with your, with your clients. Yeah. From a traditional kind of ML perspective, I worked with a client to help them um, with their cancellations. So they were having clients that were canceling on them. And what we did was we looked at data that was available within their organization to figure out what are the influencers that cause a, a person to cancel? Can we create an algorithm that would identify those people proactively so that the, the, the uh, organization could then reach out to them individually um, and give them a bit of a white gloves treatment to ensure that they uh, continued through with the um, you know service. And so you know, I always like to tell people what what would you have liked to known about before it happened, right? And in this case, you know, love to know who's going to likely cancel so that we can get in front of it and actually uh, address the issue. So those are two you know traditional and a generative uh, example of you know how you're going to be able to leverage these technologies to offer, you know, increased personalization, increased um, you know generation of, of of you know text or images for that personalization, and then figure out kind of how you use predictive analytics as well um, to start targeting and helping your clients and consumers uh, through their customer journey. Yeah, how do people contact you, follow you, find out more about the work that you do, reach out to you? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Chris. Um, the best way uh, right now is uh, LinkedIn. Uh, if your audience, you know, connects with me on LinkedIn, I tend to share a lot of information in terms of the work I'm doing or the concepts that I'm talking about right now on LinkedIn. And I would very much welcome kind of a a uh, just let me know you heard of a you know, on on this podcast and that um, you know what you might have found valuable. That'd be the best way to reach out to me. And uh, let's. Um... What a fantastic conversation. Let's thank Frank for coming onto the show, um, talking about this really new innovation. It's going to incorporate, you know, blockchain and digital assets. It's going to be really, and, uh, you know, the future is exponential. Again, he's on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and uh, all of those resources will be in the links and show notes. So reach out to him, find out more about this fascinating field. And thanks for coming onto the podcast. Chris, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and a fantastic conversation. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you 
wherever you are listening. If you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.